Welcome to this week's FSF podcast. My name is Ben and today I'm joined by my colleague Jack and Martin Williams who has worked in the early years for 10 years as well as founded Early Impact which offers online training for those working in the early years. Martin is strongly committed to the practical nature of learning for both adults and children and he's written a number of books covering ways to play whilst having to remain socially distanced as well as the popular Squiggle Fiddle Splat which offers 101 fine motor and early writing activities some of which you'll hear about today. His online training courses, Start, Write, Launchpad, continue to spread his message amongst practitioners who are keen to help children engage in writing and build the skills required before putting pen to paper. We hope you enjoy this podcast and are able to find some useful tips to try. Okay, well, thanks very much for joining us today, Martin. Um, so we're just going to be talking really about um, sort of children's writing and everything. And I just wanted to kick off with sort of what do you think the reasons for a child to be reluctant at writing could be? Right. Good question. Um, there's probably there's probably two. Well, there's lots of things, isn't there? But there's probably two biggies. Uh, gender is a massive one. Uh, and it's just kind of nature. It's just the way nature has kind of panned out that uh, when children up to the age of five, girls are just much more ready. Usually, not all, not all girls, but you know, a lot more girls are ready to write, and it's just the way it is. And it would have been the same thousands of years ago, and it'll be the same in kind of you know thousands of years from now, kind of thing. So it's just sort of accepting that before you start that you can't really you can't change that. Uh, there will just be some. There'll be more boys that will have issues. Not always, but majority of the time. So it's a kind of, uh, it's like a managing that. And uh, the big thing is kind of keeping the boys in, or getting their enthusiasm and not putting them off because the gulf will kind of reduce with time, you know, when they're six, seven, and eight, the gulf will 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 get get what uh, shorter, uh, well, reduce, but uh, that won't happen if they're put off from the start. Mm. Uh, so yeah, gender is a huge one, and, and everything I do, I try and make it as boy friendly as possible. Because I think if you if you get the boys on side, that will have uh, a, a huge impact, basically. Uh, and often the girl, a lot of the girls will kind of follow. Uh, it's, it sounds quite sexist. It's not meant to be sexist, honestly. It's just kind of after having done it for 10 years, basically, and sort of seen it with my own eyes and you know, talked to countless other people, uh, their own experiences in the early years as well. Um, you know, it's the same. It's the same everywhere in, in all countries across the world that girls are just more ready generally uh, than boys. Uh, the other one is the, the reasons, reluctance. There's, there's kind of just a, a lack of enthusiasm for mark making i'd say in general for you know lots and lots of children aged three four and five uh, and it's probably the one area that children have a really big resistance over probably any other area of the curriculum other areas of the curriculum they might be a little bit resistant but you can kind of entice them quite quite sort of easily into it just a few sorts of interesting activities and ideas and that kind of stuff but uh, there are some children that have just a huge resistance about writing that you don't really see in other areas uh, and also there is a lot of children that think that are kind of they don't have a big resistance they're just not very interested uh, it's almost i would say a majority of children are just not massively interested in fine motor and, and mark making and it takes a sort of extra effort to think in these areas more than in other areas to kind of get them in and get them excited and interested and all that kind of stuff yeah i mean yeah thinking back to my own practice it was that was always sort of my 
view as well. And I think I remember someone once saying to me, "Oh, you just need to have writing everywhere." But what I was, what I understood from that was possibly wrong. Um, because I thought, right, so if we've got a climbing area, well, I need to put some writing or something like that into there. But actually, in that area, it's not about writing. It is more about that mark making. And that's yeah, yeah. where I had to flip my mindset, I think. It was more mark making rather than writing. Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. And some areas, it just totally kills it. Like sort of like a climbing area, for example, should just be about climbing, really, yeah. and, and then making. And, you know, so there's even stuff like water, just like mark making and water. It's not a great combo, and it just sort of kills it a bit. Mm. Uh, but then there's other th- there's, there's other areas where you can get a bit of mark making into them as well. Um, and yeah, it is good to think of it. Certainly, when you start off, it's more making marks in different mm. ways and printing and drawing with sticks in mud and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and that is that is the way to start off. It's interesting you got that advice, Ben, about having writing everywhere, because you do hear that quite a lot. And I hear, I've heard that in Key Stage as well. And it never, I don't know, I never really resonated with me because if you think you've, you've got writing everywhere, but if you've got those children who are already disinterested in writing, seeing it everywhere, I don't think that might not have a direct effect on them, you know, mm. and it, you need to do something else more, active to try and try and bridge that gap to try and get them really interested in it mm. and it, and you hear it for other things as well you need know, to have everything everywhere and as soon your classroom is just it's, it's mad you know everything is on the walls oh, every time yeah. um oh there was something Absolutely. i wanted to come back to that you mentioned martin at the beginning uh, oh yeah it was um you, you talked about um trying not to put them off at the beginning oh yeah it's very early so i'm not i'm not uh early years experienced but what kinds of things in the early years um, would do that would kind of like put a child off from it very initially? Have you, have you noticed any kind of trends or patterns? Cause you know, in the key stage, it would be like things like making them write really long passages about things that they're not interested in, which sometimes you have to yeah. do. Yeah. Um, but you, what kinds of things in the early years do you see that, that kind of do that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's different in sort of preschool and then reception um certainly go look look at re- look at reception for example um there is a huge expectation to get children writing by the end of the year and it's an early learning goal and all that kind of stuff um but it, it's probably similar that uh, some children they're asked to, to write before they really they want to and then they're asked to write more than they need to, that they're able to write and more often than they really want to or need to as well you know writing three four times a day even if it's just for 10 minutes, it can just be totally overwhelming. And it's more of a case of you know, just easing them in gently. There's kind of a tipping point thing for lots of children, but you have to kind of judge when that is. And if you kind of start them too soon, it just it really, it really puts them off and they get this kind of resistance and just don't want to do it at all, uh, which, is, which is not good. And then it has uh, that kind of damaging effects on behavior and all that kind of thing as well. Yeah, I guess it's like learning to ride a bike, isn't it? You put them on a bike with no stabilizers and they fall off and they don't want to get on a bike again. You know, it's kind of the same. Logic. Yeah, it's a traumatic thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. If you sort of start too soon or you don't really know how to how to do it and you sort of get them, yeah, the three years old, just get them off and go along the road on the bike wherever they have a horrific crash. And yeah, it's similar, similar kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah and I think as well, it's about just having... I just remember just having, as a, a teacher, having to put those children into 
a group to sort of get them to write something once a week or something like that. And it's, they weren't interested always to do that writing. It was, you know, it just was dragged on. You'd always get to the Friday afternoon and you'd be catching up with the last few children. In the end, it was just like, this isn't going to work for these children. They don't, this isn't how they want to learn to write. Um, so yeah, and no, I think it's really, yeah. yeah, I think interest is, is the, the probably the biggest thing with uh, with writing, mm. and it's very important in the early years in general. Uh, you know, targeting what they're interested in, uh, yeah, but I, mean, I think in particularly for writing, it, it's it's really really big. Yeah, I mean, I've read some of your blog posts, and you you talk about the, using games and things like that. I don't know if you want to just go into a bit more detail about some of those things that you've you've done. Yeah, yeah, I've got a few resources here I can show you. I've yeah. brought some oh, uh, exciting. What have I got here? Okay, this is a random one. This is uh, this is a good one. This is probably quite a well-known strategy as well. This one, but uh, this is great for children that love things like vehicles. But the, the basic idea is you get something they really they really like, like dinosaurs or vehicles and stuff. And you just kind of attach different mark-making tools to it, like this kind of stuff. This is a very simple one, like a pen. Yeah, on the, a, yeah, the, on a the pen on the back of the truck. Yeah. <laughs> that, like a classic. But also things like if you get like T-Rexes and get like loads of pens on T-Rexes with tape and they can like stamp them around and do dots and things. Mm. Or you could do things like superheroes, you know, like Captain America with a pen on uh, and all that kind of thing. Just sort of depends what, they, what, the, what they're into or the Hulk or something like that. Uh, and doing things like, like ramps outside and you know, racing the, uh, the vehicles or the superheroes and just uh, random stuff like that. Another one... Another one I've got. This is another good superhero one. I do think superheroes are a definite way to go for early writing for lots and lots of children. Uh, these are really, really simple to set up. These kind of superhero torch pens. Uh, you just basically get some kind of some kind of pen, uh, a bit of a, a random torch, and just sort of tape them together. It's the simplest thing. You know, it takes like ten seconds to make. Then if you just get like some kind of sheet over a table or some random dark den or something, you've got this kind of great code zone where the superheroes can go and write top secret code and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and just anything like that that just sort of a bit, bit out of the ordinary, some you know, random superhero pens and things. Um, you know, a lot of children are just not, not interested at all. But if you've got a superhero torch pen, hopefully it is yeah. a different story. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I want to do that now. Yeah, so no, <laughs> I'd be in there playing with that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so, so interest is a big one to get them to get them engaged in the writing. Do you know? Is there any others? I that is, I'd probably say from my experience, also the biggest one that I could think of as well. Is there any others that that are really important to try and get people engaged and children engaged in writing? Mm, good question. This, uh, yeah, trick. I think that is that is the biggest thing, definitely. And I, I think boy friendly interests as well. If you can go for those, mm. um, I think a lot of girls are joining as well. But it all sounds a bit sexist, but you know, there are lots of girls that are also interested in T-Rexes and superheroes and all, you know, and will join in as well. And I think if you get the boys on side, usually the kind of it, things will normally go quite well. Um, interest is definitely the big one. Uh, getting a bit outside is, is good as well. Um, it takes a lot of adult intervention, I think, uh, mark making, getting it, getting it going. You have to kind of really have adults uh, trying to get them to do it and sort of you know inspire people to come and have a go in the in the you know the superhero torch uh, pen den or whatever and all that kind of thing uh, it doesn't really happen by chance i think i think you've just like put loads of stuff out and hope yeah. for the best 
it won't really not much will happen really it takes a bit of a bit of magic another thing I've, I've liked to do is wrapping things up having like magical surprises appear from the magical world um and <laughs> just like random things like that kind of appear in the provision it's like oh my goodness <laughs> We've got this, uh, you know, the T-Rex has sent this like massive egg that we're going to draw on or something, or the giant sent his chair that we're going to paint on or something, just random stuff all wrapped up in there. Just a bit of magic and intrigue. Um, And I think you'd have to go a bit over the top more than in other areas. Um, I think, you know, things like phonics and math, some children just like those anyway, and they'll just do it or they'll kind of... They'll they'll try you know reading in the book area and think I think it's just a bit different for fine motor just not, uh, and mark making needs a little bit of extra kind of pizzazz to get them into it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something I always used to notice as well was that when I was in the classroom, wherever whatever activity I was on, you'd always have sort of a group wanting to join in with you, whatever it was, whatever you were using. or whatever. And I used to have, um, I used to get old rolls of wallpaper and oh, just yeah, nice. unroll them onto the floor, box of pens, crayons, whatever I could, you know, to mark making. And then I'd just lay on the floor and start doodling and drawing things and things like that. And before, you know, you'd look up, and there's 20 children along this line of paper all doing the same things. <laughs> it's just like, Absolutely, so I think, yeah. I think what you're saying about the adults are so important in there. I think that is really key because I think without that modelling, they, you know, the children just don't go to it naturally on, on the whole. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. Definitely. Big stuff is good as well. Like you said, like the wallpaper is definitely a fantastic thing to use. The, the bigger, the better. Mm-hmm. Uh, stuff like big bed sheets outside. We tried this one. We like hung them up on the on the walls, and they're all squirting with. We've got like sort of loads of coloured water with paint, and we had like pipettes and turkey bases and things. So like squirting these uh, pipettes and turkey bases at the sheets, um, just like the Jackson Pollock style art and all that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, massive surfaces definitely the way to go. Huge mm. chalkboards and wallpaper and all that kind of stuff definitely the way to go <laughs> yeah it's kind of one of those weird unwritten rules about teaching isn't it that the size of a resource seems to make some kind of weird difference to yeah. the engagement <laughs> of yeah. it. but it is it is true in a weird way it's always oh, true yeah, yeah. like the bigger the paper the more excitement in the room <laughs> <laughs> it's very true yeah. um, i was just wondering as well i mean so it's we've gone sort of through ways to get them engaged and everything but i think why do we want children to be engaged in writing um that's well, kind of yeah a, yeah what what is the purpose what do we want them to get from being engaged in writing it's a big question this to be honest yeah there's different ways of looking at it because i think the uk is very different to most of the countries that we were starting so young uh, and so I've always, this has always been one of my most popular courses of fine motor and mark making course that we run because I think so many people want inspiration and they want to make writing work because it's, it is often the big stumbling block at the end of the, at end of reception with you know, all the early learning goals, almost always writing is the lowest uh, for, for almost all schools, which is just the way it is. Um, so I think we're kind of, influenced very much by the curriculum of the country in the UK, I'd say, because it's such a 
big, tricky conundrum we're kind of trying to deal with. Um, in terms of actual child development, I mean, I, I would prefer we kind of eased off on writing at this age and all, all that kind of stuff. And I think most of the countries do that. And, uh, you know, there's yeah. so many more valuable things to be doing with young children at this age and so many boys are put off and all, all the rest of it and you get this kind of bottom end that's kind of stuck for many years and all the rest of it uh, so it's, it's different there's different things going on at the same time there's a whole political stuff and there's a kind of what's actually best for them uh, I don't I don't, I don't, I don't I'm sort of opening a can of worms really yeah. I know from, a, <laughs> I know from a, a parent's perspective I think a lot of parents are not hugely bothered about writing I don't think as much as other things I think they see the value of reading uh, I could I could be wrong. I could be right, yeah, but uh, and I think a lot of children catch up with the writing. I know certainly my, my daughter was uh, couldn't really write really at all in reception. Then she was spectacular by about year two. It was just all sort of came together uh, developmentally mm-hmm. uh, a, bit late, a bit later on. And I think a lot of children like that. They can make rapid progress as long as they're not put off yeah. uh, too early, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's a really important point, actually. I think. It, one of the most important things at that age if you even because we have to start this young is about fostering that um love of it instead of being yeah. like technically good at these things it's it's more about giving them a positive outlook on it because you know it's gonna get yeah. it's gonna ramp up and the, the more they go through the school you know mm. so totally. it's the uh, same for reading isn't it it's about fostering a love of reading and modeling good reading and being able to enjoy it without being you know marked on it or you know criticized about it and things like that it's um it's the same I think. 100%. Yeah. yeah yeah it's uh yeah like obviously like phonics has a part to play in in starting off with reading but it's also that kind of creating that launch pad of enthusiasm and uh yeah the passion for it and storytelling and imagination all that kind of thing and just getting their interest and it's probably the same with writing as well it's not so much well, obviously, starting getting them writing words and captions and sentences is part of it. But it's also the yeah, the enthusiasm and seeing the purpose of it and why we why we write and why it's enjoyable and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, very true. As I mean, I would always want a child to write enthusiastically with lots of errors, if you you know, for one of a better no, definitely. Word. But, but and because those things are things that I can teach them sort of to how to correct later on but that enthusiasm that is how, so hard to to grasp at a later age sort of a later stage definitely yeah totally um, it's just uh, just a build up of anxiety on top of all the other things we can all be anxious and worried about and you know writing it's ridiculous so that should be another another yeah. source of anxiety definitely and just uh, yeah getting yeah definitely the, the positive mindset is, yeah. is the way to go 100% like a fearless attitude uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not sure how much this is your area of expertise, but it's sort of just something that's come to my mind. I mean, thinking of Jack in year six and year four or whatever, um, as a teacher, not as a child. Um, <laughs> Good, because I can't remember that far back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking, if if you've got a teacher who's got a reluctant writer at that uh, at that age, what what kind of things can they try um, to try and get that and enth- to sort of build that enthusiasm still? do you know because it's it's sort of gone beyond the mark making stage um so yeah this is yeah i guess it's it's how transferable are those mm. things that you do in early years can they be you know modified to be that kind of 
year six level because i've definitely had you know we've all had reluctant writers in probably every single year that we've taught you know there's always reluctant writers um but i guess i i i've never really thought specifically about certain things that i've tried to do to combat that i'm sure i've done those things but i can't think of any right now and that's that's the same for me i was just thinking what i did for the year four children who yeah. were writers i'm just trying to think apart from interest i suppose which we've talked about already it's you know it's going off their interest that's definitely the sort of first port call isn't it yeah yeah purpose is a big one as well isn't it i actually noticed sat there all day writing just so someone can mark it and it's not really there's no point to it but if they if yeah especially as they get older yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like you're right, right to your local newspaper or something, or you know, all the all the projects that schools do. You're mm. writing to your local MP about the yeah. sewage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stuff. Yeah, that's a really yeah. good point, and and environment as well, actually, which you talked about a little bit earlier. So, you know, taking it outside mm. is actually a big one. Uh, the older they get, that doesn't lose its magic, you know, because it also gets writing gets very ingrained in a time and place you know the further you go up you know you do it at 11 o'clock every day mm. and if you you know change that up change that routine up you know maybe you go and do it outside or you take them to the library and mm. we do it or we do it at a different time that stuff can have an effect as well i think on those mm. reluctant writers and resources make the resources huge i think that still carries forward <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, and also yeah. the audience, going back to the audience, thinking um, thinking about all the these quad blogging things and uh, or just having an online blog for children um, where they get an audience yeah. from around the world. Um, Absolutely, yeah, stuff like that. And like pen pals and all, all the kind of old classic stuff. And um, yeah, I think it's like diff- having a bit of variety is a big one as well, isn't it, when they get older, uh, rather mm. than just plowing through the same thing on there every day and all that kind of stuff. I see the outside thing as well, definitely. One school I went in, they were great uh, key stage two at going outside and using the outdoors. And it seemed to make a really big impact on just that kind of enthusiasm and mental health and all, all that kind of stuff for the, even just doing simple, just a little lesson outside and no more, you know, no more, sort of more complicated than that kind of thing. So this is drawing on what you were saying before, Jack, about the, uh, the bigger, the bigger, the better. Um, oh yeah. This, like huge pens all that kind of stuff yeah <laughs> this is like one random thing these like mark making dice these are basically if you can see these um, oh yeah wooden building blocks basically uh, they, all, they all have a bit of a theme these ones they've got different sort of marks on mm-hmm. um they're basically for massive outdoor mark making. Uh, this one is a pizza, for example. It's got like different pizza toppings on, like delicious olives, for example. Mm. Um, these like tomatoes, all this kind of stuff. Uh, basically, you get that you, you make the world's biggest pizza is the idea of this one. It's kind of, it's, it's like nice. a world record attempt. You make the kind of, you get loads of massive chalks and you make this kind of 20 meter pizza shape outside. And you get this, this dice or something similar and you roll it and say you get like bacon, for example, this kind of stuff. Uh, everyone just has a go making massive bacon on the uh, 
on the ground on the pizza uh, and you just keep rolling the dice and adding more toppings all that kind of stuff it's just a, it was such a random thing but they really really loved doing it because it was big and it was a world record like a fake world record attempt and all that kind of stuff um, and just, just tried it with different different themes this one is a space one if you can see this it's got things like stars and moons and all that just like simple map making patterns they can try and copy these are for quite young children you could do more complex things for slightly older ones and it was like making the, the world's biggest star map on the ground that the aliens could actually see from space and visit the school and all that kind of stuff um, and just like a ran- just random simple things like that with just like one one resource but yeah the bigger the bigger the better that's a really cool one I like that yeah. and I remember at my school we had um, storytelling dice yeah, I was going to yeah. say it kind of is the it sort does. of EYFS yeah, equivalent, isn't it? Yeah, where it's sort of, yeah, they'd roll the dice and make a story up from that. So. Yeah, nice. And have you, yeah, have you similar in the uh, the early years, like with just like four dice with yeah. the, uh, I can't remember what it is, it's like character problem setting, whatever it is, setting mm. resolution, that kind of thing, not in that order. Um, <laughs> pictures on roll the four dice and then make up your like we do it verbally normally in the years yeah. but yeah you could, uh, you could write it later on couldn't you definitely and I think that is really key as well is that the verbal part of storytelling for before you try to get them to do writing yeah 100% um, because yeah the number of times I've sat with a child who's told me the most fascinating stories full of language, rich language, ideas that I've, I could never come up with or anything like that. And you say, oh, great, right, let's try getting this down on paper. And it literally just goes down to, it was sunny. And that was yeah. it. <laughs> it's just like, um, <laughs> so yeah, so it's just about giving them those opportunities to talk before even trying to write. And and it's okay it that if they don't get all those ideas down, I think it's... Yeah. And that's kind of hard as well. If you can, if you can tell a spectacular verbal story, mm-hmm. you'd assume that one day you'll catch up with the, the writing side. You know, it takes many, many years kind of thing. But actually getting them to actually that point where they can speak it is probably more, more challenging. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's that kind of speaking first. Uh, and I, I guess... Then, it, yeah. At that point, they already have that kind of enthusiasm for stories or the storytelling, yeah. which is what, you know, which is the kind of the building blocks, isn't it? And then, because I found I've had, I've had children exactly the same, Ben, and I think it, what I try to do in that situation is, is take the focus away from writing pen on paper and do something else, you know, something, whether it's just them telling the story and we record it or they act it out as drama or they storyboard it as pictures or something. Cause I think that all, that all feeds in, doesn't it? It all feeds into yeah. writing topic. So. Yeah, definitely. And it's uh, storytelling is, is a big part of life. If you, you know, work in a job or you're trying to sell something or, you know, just sort of yeah. making up stories and trying to persuade people and all that kind of thing. It's crucial. It's probably more important than actual writing stories. Very few people actually will write stories yeah. later on in life, but having a kind of rich flavor of storytelling. And then when you speak is, uh, is a massive skill that will take you very far. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, Thank you very much for joining us today. Oh, it's been really interesting. And, uh, yeah, a pleasure. Pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah.